Sakura Wars, colon, the radiant, gorgeous, blooming cherry blossoms released October 8th, 2002, our second ever OVA in the Sakura Wars universe. I'm Dylan Vento. I'm Nick Dundall. And this is Attract Mode. How's it going, Nick? You know, Dylan, I, I got this problem where you keep <laughs> making me watch things that aren't movies <laughs> for this movie podcast. Well, I'm glad we settled that discussion last episode, so we don't we need to clearly haven't regurgitate it now. <laughs> I just I do think it needs to be said that once again, this is not a movie. This is four. No, you know, yeah, it's it's five stories, right? Broken sure. into six yeah. episodes. Uh huh uh completely independent of each other mm-hmm. that are a very small tv series is what we've just watched yeah here's my acknowledgement here's me giving 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 you giving you mm-hmm. some credence to uh-huh. your incessant arguing is about it just the subject be, yep and then move on <laughs> <laughs> well i will acknowledge that yes this is this is much more episodic in the sense that individual parts of this ova do not connect to one another as it, it doesn't construct into an overarching narrative right it's like yeah. very they're very independent of one another there are like there's a wraparound yeah and there's reoccurring characters side characters themes things of that oh, sort yeah. but not so much like you know it doesn't there's not a story that starts with the first episode ends with the last episode each episode kind of has its own arc yeah yeah, aside from the wraparound, which is like the most shallow thing ever. <laughs> yes. But it is there. I found out this is so, man, just since we did the last episode, I've been so curious about this franchise I'd never heard of and found out part of the reason why is only two games have ever been released in English out of this like sprawling series that has crossed manga and anime and stage productions, which <laughs> is crazy to me. And in fact, the um, some of my favorite characters in this are the Dandy Boys, or the Dandy Gang, I think they are. Um, the Dandy Gang is, it, they started in the stage production and then oh. were carried over to this OVA. So they're not even from the games. Fantastic. They were stage production characters that people like so much they put them in the OVA, which is wow, which like all of it is connected and like intersects in weird ways too. So it's really one like massive continuous universe aside from i think it's the ps4 game as a reboot but like everything else is like one continuity oh interesting crazy to me yeah um and that's what this is is this is takes place directly after i want to say the second game based on what i'm loosely remembering from wikipedia entries and maybe not exactly right but i want to say it's the second game ends this oh that's what it is this is concurrent like little side stories to the second and the third game and by the end of this, we're at the we're past the end of the third game and heading into the fourth game, which is where uh is it Ichiro? Is that the the like the younger commander of the 
Uh, that sounds right. Yes, yeah, Ichiro yes. Ogami. Yeah. yeah, he is really the main character of the video game series. Apparently, he's like your protagonist, um, and you follow him to Paris for. I think it is. I think the fourth game is Paris is burning? Question <laughs> mark. He's <laughs> unsure. Actual title. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like going to start a new group of girls there with their own mechs and their own stuff, and that's or or maybe to take command of them if they've already been established. I'm not sure. Um, but that's where we're at. We're in this like between game side game story of just like little smatterings of events. That he's remembering across that time. Is this why we don't get any fucking mech fights in right, any of these exactly. episodes? Because all the mech fights are in the games. Yeah. If you want those, go play the games. Yeah. This go is hunt just these obscure additional. Japanese video games. <laughs> yeah. I am interested in that PS4 game a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because it's a reboot. It's like a jumping in point, right? Yeah. And it, it seems kind of evocative of something like... Uh, pokemon legends arceus like it has like this kind of mm. like overworld running around and like it seems to be a series very focused on narrative i don't know i'm very I'm, much so i'm vaguely i'm vaguely intrigued by what we've seen so far and this yeah. this ova let me tell you this ova starts out pretty strong pretty strong first showing in this ova and then loses steam because uh st- steampunk steampunk world loses steam <laughs> yeah pretty quickly <laughs> yeah all the pressures built up in episode one <laughs> and then, like after i watched episode one i was so my 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 roller coaster of emotions was i'm so mad at dylan for making me watch another tv show that isn't a movie then i watched episode one and i was like oh my god this might be the best thing we've ever watched and then i watched episode two and i was like all right well th- that one was maybe a dull one and then by the end of episode six i was like god damn it dylan <laughs> terrible yeah, because Why i watched waste all my these time? beforehand right. <laughs> i vetted every single thing we're gonna watch in this podcast yeah, yeah. you get the blame there, there's just no way around that fine i guess i'll, I'll be a martyr <laughs> yeah okay uh, great. self-martyring yes um it's all the rage self-martyrdom right. yeah all right so so i think uh th- let's let's talk about this and we, t- we talked about kind of it's it's connection to the games um yeah like we said each of these episodes is pretty independent of one another except for the last two that's like kind of like a two episode arc yeah um and i think the easiest way to discuss these is kind of just kind of have a general discussion of each episode yeah um but let's start with kind of like a overall discussion about about the 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 product as a whole which we've already we've already kind of started doing so what i really like about this um in aggregate is it is thematically consistent and that makes sense since you said like this is all one continuity between the games and the manga and everything else yeah um so like one of the first shots you see in the what is the opposite of a flashback the the current like <laughs> <laughs> what, like a flash forward or a, no, a, a like flash cause, sideways because like it's it's like you said it's, it's being told from ichiro's perspective and he mm-hmm. and it starts with him and then it's a flashback to like previous events that he's right like recollecting. each episode is itself a flashback right so like right. The, the 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 container 
Like, what is that called? Like, the present That's time. That's the wraparound. The current, yeah, well, okay. The current yeah, timeline. The current whatever. timeline is, yeah, the wraparound um, plot. Yeah. But, like, one of the first shots you see in that before we do the flashback is like one of those steam streetcars going by again. And it's like of the same mm-hmm. make and design of the previous OVA we saw. And I was like, oh. That's cool. Like, yeah. like it, and it seems pretty obvious because these OVAs have very similar names between the one we just saw and this one. But <laughs> yes. like, we are with like the Fatal Fury stuff and all the other stuff we've seen, or like Final Fantasy taken in aggregate. Like, stylistic choices jump around so much between different entries. It's right. like very satisfying to see something that is. Consistent. A single continuous vision for right. what this world is. We're in. Yes. We, everything takes place between 1920 and 1940 in Japan for this particular subset of the series and then other places in the world um, for the others, I guess the other games. But yeah, so like they have an idea of what their industrialization looks like, both from a historical perspective, but also from the fantasy of this steampunk version of it. Yeah. And, and that all stays consistent throughout. I also think what they are like focused on is consistent. We in the last OVA we got a lot more of the mech stuff, probably because somebody felt like all that was necessary to telling the story. But by this point, three games have come out, mangas and stage productions and everything else, and the fandom exists. What they're doing is now just focusing on the characters, but that was always the heart of everything before as well. So it is both visually consistent and thematically consistent. Yeah. I all just, the way through. There's just so many low t- like even the the theater, the like the Imperial Theater, whatever their headquarters is called, is mm-hmm. like that looks consistent. Like they do these kind of oh, like yeah. establishing shots. It's like the same architectural design. Whereas in something else where it's like a different creative director or something comes aboard, it's like, ah, I don't like that one. We're gonna it it, it feels yeah. like they had one lore Bible yeah. throughout the series and would just continuously reference that and that I don't know. That makes me feel good as someone that has this weird, these weird <laughs> hangups about like no, yeah, narrative and kind of world building consistency. Like you know, you look at something from like the Tim Burton to the Joel Schumacher Batman, something like that, where it's like technically right. supposed to be the same continuity, but it looks radically different because Tim yeah. Burton had one vision and uh, Schumacher had a way worse vision for that. <laughs> um. But yeah, anyways, I, I I just like all that. Is there yeah, anything else no, overall? I, I fully get it. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's there. And like I said, like the heart of it is there too. Like what this is about is about these characters and their relationships to each other. Not always in a way that makes any sense to me, <laughs> but it is what it's about all the way yeah. through. What I also really like is, so the previous OVA we watched was subbed. So it was Japanese voiceover mm-hmm. with subtitles. This one is English dubbed. Um, Mm -hmm. which helped actually solidify some presumptions we had about some of the characters and like their, their personalities and such that were like, but if (laughs) I know you you have some criticisms, (laughs) but I would say like someone like Sumire, right. Who I feel like her dialogue of the previous OVA, like portrays her as a callous, very egotistical person. Mm -hmm. And, and that is cemented by the voice actors delivery in the English dub in this one. And uh, th- th- there's something good about like there being that consistency of having like this vague understanding of a character and having it better solidified when it's delivered in your native language. Yeah. I, I don't disagree on like a lot of people are very like anti dubs, all subs. Right. And I'm not that, but 
I do feel like there are places where the dubs hurt in this more because they have taken a choice to like really characterize accents for anyone who isn't Japanese in this yeah. franchise. And and what's weird about that is anyone who is Japanese just sounds like American, right? Or or Canadian or whatever, whoever dubbed right. this. Like Japanese like they, is the baseline. They are the default, right? And so the voice actors use their default voices for them. And then for anyone who is of a nationality, they got a cartoonishly appropriate, I guess, in that sense, uh, a cartoonish accent, in some cases, uncomfortably so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's – I have – I, I have problems with that, and I also have problems with some of the, like, <laughs> we were just talking about this right before, about, like, you know, getting ready to record. It, it it definitely feels like, in the later episodes especially, they stopped caring or something about how they sound on mic, because there are people <laughs> who sound like they're currently fighting a cold, or, or they've just given up on an accent by episode six. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't track what they're doing and why they're making those choices or if they were just under the gun and had to get it recorded while they were all sick or something. Yeah. Very, very strange. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, uh, voices are very nasally and it becomes super distracting and also like mm-hmm. hard to parse. Like, you know, what nationality are they supposed to be? Cause sometimes it's hard <laughs> to tell between the nasaliness and whatnot. Is there, okay. So, so the episodes themselves, are broken up they they usually focus on either a character or a, like a pair of characters right yeah. um so every every character kind of gets their own vignette so we can start with the first one and they all have like a like a memento or tchotchke that ichiro like looks at to exactly. reminisce about them i can't remember all of them but one of them there's like one with like a teddy bear keychain i think that's iris's yep the first one ones. is a bullet you know like little clamshell Right. Uh, lock it right 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 um and then one of them's just like a photo um that's for i think six I, I don't remember all of them either but the idea is he's packing up his room because he starts by saying like it's almost time for me to leave forever <laughs> and he's like literally like packing his suitcase up and finding all these things in his room that throw him into a memory and then we flash back to that memory time for me to tease the sequel that will take place in a different place yep exactly um, not, so, not even tease, just transition, I guess, right? Like, this was like, oh, he's going there now, so we need to close up these stories. I think that's kind of sweet. Like, even though I, I don't assume they actually stopped telling Sakura-based, you know, like like Sakura and those girls, I don't think they stopped telling stories around them, but they, they did, like, give everybody a little bit of um, a send-off separate from him being sent off to tell his own story. So mm-hmm. that's neat. It'd be very weird if you separated the Sakura from the Sakura Wars. I guess then you just have wars. <laughs> yeah, this is welcome to wars. Welcome to the wars franchise. We're all cool about wars. Yeah, I think I think the Advance Wars games are technically under the umbrella Wars right, franchise yeah. because of yeah. Famicom Wars and whatnot. Yeah. Um. All right. So the first episode, like you said. Chachki is a bullet. Uh, Memento is a bullet. It's it focuses on uh, Maria, who, mm-hmm. as you remember from last episode, is kind of like the oldest sister, the one, the very stoic character. She is apparently Russian, which we didn't know then. Nope, and I barely knew it 
for most of this episode because I was like, see, that's funny to me because I immediately was like, oh, okay, I get what oh. they're doing. I was yeah. like, is that a French accent? Is that a Russian <laughs> accent? And then there's a yeah. flashback like late in the episode where it's like, I remember when I was outside Moscow and I was like, oh, okay, that's that's in yeah. Russia. Yeah, every character has little ties to historical, you know, stuff. She was in the like Russian Revolution apparently before she became this psychic warrior for. Well, I guess she was always a psychic warrior, yeah. but before she started piloting a mech. Yeah. yeah. You think Rasputin was a psychic? Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're expanding this universe, you must include stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so I, I think we should say the episode titles and I've I've noted them all so I can go through them as we go. Oh, great. Great, this great, is, great the dreadful assassin from new york Mm -hmm. which is so funny to me because number one we thought she was american uh and i assume this refers not to her but to the antagonist of the episode but number two the antagonist of the episode is also definitely (laughs) russian is also they confirm is russian so Um, what does this title mean (laughs) well they clarify that he works for the mafia they're like he works for the new york mafia Uh, right but also, I feel like in retrospect, it makes that weird non sequitur scene from the previous mm-hmm. episode where in she's English. Yeah. in English, where she is like going or leaving New York. She is looking at the New York skyline from a boat. Makes way more sense. It's like, okay, she has yeah. connections to New York and America. And I, I imagine there are so many tomes of knowledge of things we don't know about these characters that have been established, like hard locked in canon through the various media uh and and that's just one of them right like yeah we didn't know this until now but we knew like they knew then but (laughs) but that's what i was liking right like that's what i was referring to before is that like we had a a nascent understanding of these things and like it's it's fun to see where our guesses were right in the case of like oh i understand sumeri's character and when our guesses were wrong it's like oh maria's russian oh right (laughs) okay um so yeah, so this episode's all about her. It kind of starts out with this party, which, Nick, I got a question for you. I got a, I got a question about I don't this know if OVA. I have an answer. <laughs> I got a question. Do or do not the general populace know that these stage performers are also psychic warriors? I think not. I think that is their cover, and they are maintaining that in spite of the very obvious fact <laughs> that they often show up at the events where there are these big, you know, like, like where the, the flying whale goes is where the girls are. Yeah. Like, I don't know how the general public isn't putting it together or everyone is way too polite. Everyone <laughs> is just like, all right, we're not going to admit that we know we do know. We definitely, definitely know, but we're not going to say <laughs> <laughs> what if that was the case with some like batman it's like oh here's i mean bruce bruce is yeah. ca- here's bruce yeah uh yeah batman um bruce uh hey did you get up to yeah. anything last night there was uh right yeah i know you had to leave the party early to go right. take care of the joker i mean um what was it you said uh you're <laughs> there, i heard there were some jokers harassing you yeah. downtown how did you were you able to take care of that yeah uh, yes, I think it it seems completely implausible for anyone to not know at this point. And yet we're, you know, it's kind of a, a more apt DC comparison is like Superman Clark Kent, right? Like how could anyone not know? Mm-hmm. But nobody knows. He uses his super strength to shrink his <laughs> spine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
so fucking okay. dumb. God, I fucking hate stupid superhero it's a lore. Quarter inch shorter. Yeah, <laughs> can't be Superman. Yeah. Um. So 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 I asked that because this episode starts with the party, and the party is like celebrating the flower division because they like just finished like some run of whatever uh play they were doing, right? Um. Yeah. And they're so they're having this after party. And it's fucking just Sakura walking around with her, you know, ancestral sword doing yes. like party tricks. Like, look at this. I'm going to chop up this bamboo. Cha 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 cha. It's like, I, oh, I'm, this this theater actress is just also happens to be very yeah. talented with a katana. You know, I'd buy that, though. If like you're just that much of a performer and you're like, oh, I can chop up stuff for, for yeah. as a party trick. Like, I don't know. Somehow that is more OK than when the gun comes out. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's just like oh yeah yeah um, uh yeah so they're doing these party tricks and then maria wants to show off her party trick she's like i've got i can't remember how she says it but it's worded very weirdly she's like shy she's coming out of her shell i would like to show off a trick a performance um and what yeah. she the, the what thing, she attempts the, oh. the thing i remember is that someone asks her she's like i have a hidden talent and they go oh what's your hidden talent maria and then she just pulls out the gun <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and everybody's just like oh all right i'm into this what, where's this going Ooh. no one's like oh god she's got a gun <laughs> someone um, call the cops and also like she's very like okay with marring the uh the side of this building because her whole deal is she's going to throw a bullet in the air and then shoot it out of the air with, you know, as it falls, like, you know, line up the shot and perfectly shoot it out of the air. Uh, and she, you know, focuses in and we get this like little anime moment where she's going to, she, you definitely think she's channeling her power to do exactly this grand feat. Um, oh, and somebody is like standing. Who is it? That is like Kana. Kana is in a tree costume for some reason. And they right. mount one of the targets on Kana and then another one like on to the right of where she's yeah she's staying in the she, middle and she's gonna, she's gonna hit the, the bullet yeah, yeah and they're gonna ricochet and both of them are gonna go in opposite directions and hit the both, and both, hit both the targets. targets yeah completely ridiculous feat but when you have psychic powers hey that's plausible okay yeah sure um so she fires and just misses outright <laughs> um and it plugs into the wall and then she goes, ah, you all thought I could really do it. That was the trick. That was the performance. Um, but no, in fact, uh, she she was not trying to play a funny joke on everyone where she doesn't shoot a bullet out of the air and make it hit two targets. Instead, uh, she just dang goofed up and has beaten herself up about it hours later after the party. Yeah. When who should come out but Sakura and find her and say, hey, when, it's okay. We all fuck up sometimes. Yeah, and she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know. I've never fucked up in my life. I yeah. could not possibly understand what you're saying. <laughs> this is all intentional. <laughs> yes. Play and fifth dimensional chess. out here in the middle of the night, you know, touching this bullet hole in the wall <laughs> yeah, and look, lamenting. Marveling this masonry. Um, but to go a little bit faster with the setup of this episode, like the, the crux of this episode after that setup yep. is that uh, there is suddenly... A bomb in place in the uh, theater. We, well, should we? Uh, we do have to talk about the Dandy Gang. We can come oh back yeah, to them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, there's a bomb in the theater. Um, 
she gets a a very tiny i guess they're they're constantly like showered with gifts um for being these famous performers um they open a very tiny uh or sorry they open a gift that is a very tiny model of the imperial theater which itself contains a very tiny bomb that explodes <laughs> as a message uh that destroys the entire floor of the room that it's in presumably would have killed several people uh had they not been so fortunate to dive out of the way in the right second um but that is the the message that there is a bigger bomb in the building that they need to find it's always a bigger bomb um, there's always yeah thank you obi-wan <laughs> Uh, or Qui-Gon, I guess, said that. But anyways. Yeah, please, please. <laughs> yeah, I want to get that right. Uh, so the weird thing about this is they say the bomb is there and everybody just kind of sits around as like, kind of like chewing on their finger like, huh. <laughs> what do we do? What do we do about that? And there's like a whole packed theater full of people and no one, no one, no one, no one says, we should probably evacuate everyone. <laughs> now, I, I do think there's a weird thing that happens when they're putting people in the theater when they close the doors Mm -hmm. it almost looks like there's like a mechanical lock that activates yeah but they don't like start with oh let's get everyone out of here and then they find the mechanical lock that happens like later right like people get fed up and try to leave uh, well, the the play ends. I forget what the order of events are, but basically they somehow deduce that the mechanical locks are what triggers the bomb. So when the mechanical locks disengage, not via gotcha. any sort of timer, but when the patrons go to leave, that will activate the bomb and blow up the entire theater. So their goal or, or their plan to buy themselves more time is to ask Sumeray, who is one of the main actors for this production is to ad lib a whole like extra encore final act to yes. distract all of the audience members to so they could try to find and then disarm the bomb okay thank that makes more sense of something i missed there that okay that, yeah. that comes together because i was very confused like i know i remember when they closed the doors like the thing goes chink and like, yeah. like oh this is important information but it didn't quite land with me and um, i didn't question that like i thought that was a cool little touch because that makes sense for like theater productions like you usually aren't allowed to go in once the curtain goes up yeah but you don't lock people in <laughs> hey you don't know how, how, well how many theater productions you've been to uh, enough to have know you been to, that have, have you been to every theater ever i've never everywhere? been to the i've never been to the imperial theater in yeah. japan yes. in tokyo <laughs> in um, alt in alt history steampunk japan right i've never been there uh, but no, I do know that like a large number of theaters have burned to the ground with audiences in them trying to clamber out, you know, the doors. Look, um, because they they closed them and you know like they like locked, you know, they didn't have emergency exits. You right, can't so make an omelet without burning a couple people alive. Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> look, look. That's just my culinary um, expertise. Yes, yeah. your s- mileage may vary. Just speaking from the heart here yeah and personal experience (laughs) (laughs) um so okay so that makes all that the sense in the world there is that if they go out that it'll blow up so she's on stage trying to do that uh meanwhile um they're like all right go find the bomb after a very long very drawn out delay they're like go find the bombs um and then 
uh, Maria just leaves. <laughs> she just she's like, "You guys find it. I'm out of here. I gotta go do something." <laughs> like everyone's life is at stake, and I get that she has a reason for it, but not explaining it and not you know yeah. offering help in the the situation that's needed there. She is very she, strange. The message explicitly is like, "I actually have the trigger to activate the bomb or something like yeah. that, or I have an an, an additional. It's trigger. like a remote frequency that will yeah, yeah. like." play to you know make the bomb uh active so you have to come defeat me yes uh and and she's gonna do it alone because that's what heroes do i guess she's a badass (laughs) yeah uh me being uh her arch rival valentino dreadful (laughs) yes the dreadful assassin from new york yes uh valentino a russian man that works for the italian mafia in Amer in the United States, yes, absolutely. <sighs> Why wouldn't he? <laughs> Why not? Yeah, everyone yeah. has to make a living. Yep. Um. So he is here because he, as he states, loves Maria so much that he will kill her. Yep. <laughs> he loves her so much he wants to see her die. Um. And our introduction to him is pretty fantastic because before we meet him, we meet a just like scene stolen straight out of West Side Story. Yeah, we meet the fucking Jets. Yeah. Uh, these three snapping, dancing, very dapper dressed uh, local gangsters in Tokyo, the Dandy Gang. Um, one of them has like a, a scarf, that like super long scarf that is like piano keys mm-hmm. uh, print on it. And they're they're like grabbing streetlights and swinging around them and climbing up on crates and dancing off of them. And uh, <laughs> this is apparently making their rounds for their territory. It's just a thing they do. They're scouting the streets looking for trouble as they dance. And they have this like I thought these characters were going to be so much more important because they are my favorite immediately <laughs> from this episode. I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, my God, I want to know more. They they're, they're the dandy is their leader. And uh, or I get I think that's his name. I guess I'm not positive, um, but uh, their leader is is like all about this dance thing. And one of the guys is like, "Do we have to, boss? We all why do we always got to dance? Yeah, and why we like, got to dance? <laughs> yeah." And he's like, eh, "Don't you know from the movies that every gang dances?" <laughs> <laughs> me, me watching my second movie after only watching West Side Story, getting big West Side Story vibes from this. Yes, absolutely. Um, it it's fantastic though these characters, uh, and they end up they dance down the dock. Uh, they finish their rounds, and they're like, "All right, I guess everything's good in our territory." Until they see the guy with like glowing red eye, Valentinov, standing next to this giant crate, and they're like, "Hey, guy, you got to get out of here. This is our territory." Uh, at which point he shoots uh the cigar out of i'm gonna call the guy dandy because i think that's yeah. his name i'm not positive i mean shoots I'll, the cigar I'll out it. of dandy's mouth and uh then drops the crate front open and like a ed 209 robot is inside with like spinning gatling guns charges up and just blasts down this uh down the dock the two cronies like flee but the one guy stands there and just gets like bullets shredding all around him um and that's that is the like end of these characters in this episode right like he's alive yeah. but 
they don't do anything after that. And they've already like stolen my heart and then they go. <laughs> There's just nothing to them. Yeah. Um but yeah, they uh that's our introduction to Valentinov is like, oh, there's the local gangsters who are kind of a joke, and then there's a serious dude, I guess, is the the setting the stakes up. Um so she's definitely hunting him down. Uh Maria is. Um everyone else is finding the bombs. Sumere is on stage. The audience is starting to get fed up. They they're starting to like pick up and, and move to the doors. I think like Quran or somebody is like blocking the door, <laughs> trying to like hold people in. Uh, and then how exactly does the other character, the tree character get involved? <laughs> well, Kana is the other She's character not a on tree stage. now, I guess, but yes. Yeah. Um, I forget what exactly her, her character is, but basically what they do is they switch it from, it was like a drama that they were doing. And then this extra part, you know, uh, Sumire is like, getting overly dramatic and kana does not know that they need to stall and so she's like kind of falling out of character like what the fuck are you doing and yeah. then they kind of start bickering a little bit but also like sumire staying in character and then kana just kind of falls back into her character just starts mocking her in right. her character and so they like switch it into a comedy and like everyone's like, oh hey, some some still going on. They like all filter back to their seats and yeah. There's someone who's like, well, I guess I'll give this five more minutes. I heard that <laughs> line out of like the crowd mumbling. There is so <laughs> much good, just like peanut gallery talk across yes. all of these episodes. I have some yeah. other pieces that I picked up. But okay, I, I, I love it so much. Um, so yeah, so Maria goes off to confront Valentinov, and they're just like in the fucking like blue the, like the blue wastes in like fury road it's just like this kind of like dark decrepit area yeah, i assume it's like a town. like an unused part of the docks is what it still feels like right like it's still in that sure. area were they near the like water? docks warehouses uh, I, I think warehouses and stuff okay. right yeah um and maria's like i'm here let's fucking let's fight like where's the remote trigger and he's like oh here it is and then his fucking giant ass mech just rolls yeah. out to to uh kill maria and so she has I to fight say, that. i love the design because it's like the front end of it is very like you know japanese anime you know like oh it's a death robot but it also has like big fucking cables and steam vents and things like that running to what looks like an engine in a cart behind it yeah so it's like it's both flashy and practical like yeah. it, it you know not i'm sure it doesn't make any sense sure it's <laughs> got like it, a, it, uh, it's got like a coal tender if it were like a giant locomotive yeah, train yeah, behind it, it it gives the appearance of something that could make sense somehow even though it doesn't yeah um and he has like this pack like shoulder strapped around him with his big wooden box which is like the control set yeah. um and he's like you know remote controlling this robot that has crazy giant bullets um it fires off the gatling guns and then who should run in but sakura with her magic blade just pulls a full anime like deflecting bullets you know with her sword catching them as they go uh this is like the highest point of action for this entire <laughs> franchise that we've seen so far it, like yeah. all of the last thing doesn't compare to this one fight here and then none of what's to come. Yeah, this so is all sorry if we'll you were see. hoping for more. Yeah. Uh <laughs> it's a real bummer. Uh, but it's, yeah. But it's a cool fight. I mean, it's like it's a fun 
these two characters specifically are teaming up, which I like, you know, that like, cause you get to like really focus on their style. Maria's gunfighting is badass. Like she like charges up on this thing and puts the gun barrel right to its chest and like unloads a full six shots into it. And, uh, uh, Sakura is just, you know, you know, flipping and stabbing and things like that. Um, so it highlights their differences. They fight well together. There is some silly, cheesy lines where it's like, we'll do better if we work together, but then they don't discuss how that's going to happen at all. They just do work together, I guess. Um, And I'm like, okay, well, what did that mean? Uh, At no point does anyone try to attack the guy with the remote control, though. Right. (laughs) Well, he's also using it as like his defense, like his blocker, right? Like it's just kind of like circling him to prevent them from getting close. But they don't really try, right? Not not the way I interpret it anyway. Yeah. Maybe I missed. I mean, it, she but. does have a gun, and bullets travel pretty fast, faster yeah. than steam powered mechs. I'm pretty sure. Right. Um. But yeah, so they they're able to like partially disable this thing. Um. I think they cut it off from its little uh, trailer dragging behind mm-hmm. it, and mm-hmm. but it still has enough juice to like still be mobile. And Valentinov is like, haha, you're too late. And then like flips a switch and then a little antenna like pops out of this thing's head and it's like beep 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 Uh it starts which activating the bomb. Raises so many more questions. Um but they're but they're like, oh, there's the there's the you know, there's the antenna that's that's transmitting the signal. And how does this happen? I think Valentinov also I, gets pissed and pulls out a gun. Yeah, well, he does pull out a gun because so what he says is uh, he drops the control pack because now that the robot is disabled, basically they do they fully disable it from actually functioning. Got it. Um, with their let's work together comment, um, and then it but except that the signal is still going right, it's still transmitting. And he's like, you're too late. It's already started transmitting. The bomb's going to blow up. Now we're going to celebrate your dead friends, <laughs> um, which is great. But he drops that. He also has a mechanical arm, which is just a wild, cool character design thing, I guess. Um, well, he pulls out his to, gun. The, to the flashback because she shoots him in the arm when they yeah, last saw right. each other. Right. Uh, so he pulls out his gun and then... Uh, Sakura looks over at Maria, who's like a little, you know, feeling a little hopeless in this moment after hearing her friends are going to die. Uh, she says, hey, Miss Maria, I <laughs> I think we say cheers as well. Uh, <laughs> cheers, Miss Maria. Are you ready? And that simple line, like I, 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 I wrote it down because it didn't make any sense to me. Uh-huh. Uh, but that simple line is meant to be a callback to the I'll show you my trick at the party. Which, if she had said anything about doing a trick or anything, it would have felt like such a good... I, I still think it is a really cool reintegration of, of yeah. an idea, a payoff. Uh, but just, like, how is she supposed to understand this? Um, so they, she says, yeah, I'm ready. And Sakura charges forward at the guy with the gun, knowing that she won't reach him in time uh, before he fires and she would be killed. But Maria fires her gun, and then we get this cool, like bullet coming at sakura in midair sakura running with her blade out and uh the bullet that naria fires passing over sakura's shoulder and hitting valentinov's bullet it (laughs) deflects his bullet 
uh, one of the bullets flies off and hits the robot, causing it to explode and stop the signal. The other bullet flies off and hits Valentinov and drops him to the ground. Now I have questions <laughs> as to why that very cool trick and very fun reintegration of an idea was at all necessary when they were standing next to the robot that is broadcasting the signal and Sakura could have just chopped the antenna off or she could have shot it directly and exploded it if it was that close. I could None have sworn sense. I could have sworn she did that. I could have sworn she, it ended with her stabbing into the head of the the robot and that's how they finally finished no, it. No, she off. does. She does stab it, but um no, my memory is very vivid on this okay. because there's just a cool this, like, nothing else. Everything exactly, else. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, there there is a cool though like when the bullet deflects and uh i almost think maybe valentinov's bullet is the one that ends up hitting the robot which might make this make more sense if he's got like special bullets or something right like if they're Mm -hmm. they're you know a smaller bullet (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah thank you suicide squad no but he he does have like a machine pistol almost so if there's something sort of different about his bullet from maria's maybe it could make sense but uh, or, or, or their explosive rounds, actually. That could make sense, too, because what happens is the bullets deflect, one bullet flies towards Valentinov, the other bullet flies, hits the uh, robot in the chest, and then, like, sinks into the metal, and then the metal, like, bubbles, kind of almost like Akira flesh style, <laughs> like the animation. Like, it's suddenly a very high-frame animation, and it bubbles up and then explodes into pieces. Yeah. So... It definitely, like, the finale of that robot is an explosion, and it's Got very it. cool. It looks yeah. great. And then Maria, uh, having disabled both the robot and Valentinov, approaches him and has to contemplate whether or not to kill him <laughs> yeah. to and succumb. like, no, don't do it. Yeah, succumb to the dark side, and she decides not to, which I feel like, you, that's a bad, just kill him, because if you right. leave him alive... Right. He seems to have the resources to come at you with a fucking giant robot. Maybe he <laughs> might try that again because the yeah. last time you shot him in the arm, he tried to kill you and you shot him in his other arm now. And no doubt, even if he is afraid of you forever, that dude's going to kill other people. He's yeah. going to be a bad guy. Like, I'm not a capital punishment guy. I am not condoning executions guy. But I do think in this moment, it wouldn't be evil to kill him. Yeah, that's tough. That's a big moral call. I don't know if this podcast is <laughs> no, no, I, I tackle yeah. capital punishment for major antagonists of stories only. <laughs> yes. If you have a satisfying yes. narrative arc and you don't kill that guy at the Perfect. end. Perfect. There you go. It must have a satisfying narrative arc. Please yes. work that into the Constitution. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> New amendment drafted up. <laughs> yes. All right. So that's that episode. We're going to have to go way quicker through these because that uh, was yeah. a good news is that should be easy <laughs> uh, this was the best one episode two it's all about iris city with waterways what That's, a title yep, yep that famous <laughs> city in in france that yeah. has waterways and or japan yeah because this is i feel like this is japan it is japan but iris is french that's why i said france right 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 uh, oh boy you, is she french <laughs> oh my tell. god <laughs> hello <Reserve>. how <laughs> <laughs> Sakura, I would like to play it. That's a terrible accent. That's, you're I, not doing great. No, <laughs> but but hers is not much better. It is lots of like we 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 would like to, <laughs> but, but it's um, so nasally. It's, it's so nasally. Yeah, I'd like to play Sakura. in the in yeah. the park 
open the second one, please? It's bad. It's, it's fair blue. point. Sakura blue. Sakura blue. <laughs> um, so this is all about how she is a lead lady in one of the productions of the Imperial Blossom Girls yes. Theater. I don't know what they're called anymore. Um, and uh, she is upset because she's having a hard time playing off of Lenny. Mm-hmm. which the whole time I was so confused because Lenny has like gray, like straight up gray hair. Yes. And with the French accent, Lenny very quick or no, I'm sorry. So that's the weird thing. I've seen it written as Lenny and, and we also found it. It's written as Rennie that you saw. So I might be wrong on that. I might've completely made that up. No, no, no. I sent you, we, we found both. I, oh, cause I oh, definitely oh, oh, saw oh. R E N I, as well as L-E-N-I is my point, though. So, oh, like, right. You're right. You're right. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking Lenny, but it definitely sounds like there's an R when Iris says it, but she also does the like the French guttural like. <laughs> so, so, yeah, she's like granny, granny, granny. <laughs> and, and I thought it was granny the whole time. I'm like, is she supposed to be old even though she has a very young face apparently she's 15 yes so so very strange for me a very hard life though has grayed her prematurely yeah yeah just like steve martin that's that's what happens when you're a psychic mech driver yeah (laughs) yeah that makes um, us sound like 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 fucking long distance truckers. Yeah, but psychic mech truck. You know, it ain't the easiest. Awesome. Ain't the easiest living, but it's a living. Yeah, I also like how long distance driver sounds like. If you're psychic, you could maybe just be like from remote driving it around with psychic powers. Right. And that's or a like whole cool throwing thing. the packages cross country <laughs> using yeah. your psychic powers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Renny, I think, is the name in the English yes. translation. So we're gonna Rennie. go with that. Uh, is 15, very shy, it seems, very kind of timid, mousy, and uh, is having a lot of trouble with Iris, who is the other child character who is very, uh, I don't want to say timid, but is, you know, is like a, uh, not as out there as some of the other characters, I guess, and is squeaky voiced and things like that. Also Um, very brash compared to Rennie. Like, Rennie is reserved, like, both, you know, socially, but as, as well as intellectually, whereas iris is very quick to jump to conclusions which makes sense because she's like nine years old but also right. when the other members of the flower division point out that she's nine years old she's like i am not a child i yes. am not a child and it's <laughs> like you, you, are, you got in the accent now <laughs> you are patently a child yeah. you are you are the textbook definition of what a yeah. child is um just they, because they do say that in this episode when she says that like yes you are yeah <laughs> You're, um, you're definitely a child what's crazy though is like she was nine in the last one which took four years and it sure seems like she's still nine sure and this has taken some time after that so it's had to be like six years this girl should be 15 at least uh but no we're dealing with nine-year-old eternal iris yes um the bart, Sim- bart simpson syndrome she does yeah it's a terrible disease afflicting many of the youth of the world um of the animated world um so uh toontown yeah right uh the whole point of this one though is just this conflict brews between the two of them iris uh doesn't like playing lines off of rennie and throws a big tantrum and accuses rennie of being you know 
basically just not cut out for this, not good for this, and uh, runs off. Yes, and <clears throat> ends up to just. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on hammering through with this one. Yep. Ends up on a bridge looking out over the waterway as who should show up again but our our dandy gang boating is dandy Dandy. (laughs) and dandy to boat on the dandy which is the name of their boat the dandy yes um man i thought these characters from this point on were going to be in every single episode just because like oh second appearance okay perfect that's the gag is we get them all the time and that's going to connect this all together Nope. Goodbye. <laughs> this is going to be the last time we see them. Not true. Dan- but uh, oh, is it not, not true? Okay, not true. tell me. Yeah, tell me when. I missed it. Uh, Dandy is uh, driving the Dandy and is loving it. He's having a great time on the river, being a, a gangster who sings and not doing any crimes. Yeah, <laughs> which we, <laughs> it's a perfect love. life. Yes. Um, he pulls the boat up to a stop uh, under the bridge that iris is on and says i want to get some candy that'll just be dandy and they head off <laughs> and they're uh, like boss i think you're i think you're running this this theme a little you know yeah. a little ragged it's, i don't think we're a criminal organization at all <laughs> i think i'll be your babysitter um, yeah um but long story short the boat is left unattended through all of this process and iris in her rage decides i'm gonna get on that fucking boat I'm going to show everyone I'm an adult and I can do things Uh, like crash the boat directly into a wall. (laughs) Uh, She doesn't actually crash, but she starts driving it at top speed towards a closing like water gate or something. Yeah, like a lock. Yeah. And then how exactly does Rennie get involved? How does Rennie get on that boat? I can't remember. So they, uh, the rest of the crew somehow figures out what she's up to and is like run down to the waterways. And yeah, Rennie gets there first. And she, he gets on a, uh, she gets on a bridge, um, that, uh, is like way ahead of where she is. So she, so Rennie is on a bridge between Iris Mm -hmm. oncoming and the locks and she is able to jump off the bridge, land on the dandy and take control of the boat from her. And you're kind of like, okay, she's going to be able to stop the boat in time. And instead she just ratchets, ratchets up the throttle and they speed towards the closing lock and the lock just kind of they get in right under the wire but not really because the lock basically can openers the top of the boat and just shears that off um and they kind of like have a heart to heart figure out that you know try to iris is both a child but not a child right she's she's a child equipped with psycho power and like has to fight demons and but also wants to live as a child and so Rennie is like okay we should we should do that and so they realize earlier or the in earlier in the episode they go to like a movie theater and movie theater is very like those you know early 1900s theaters where it's like they have mm-hmm. like the newsreel beforehand and there's a person like announcing it and apparently there's this festival with like a dock that's being built like somewhere nearby like on a nearby shore um, this is one of my other favorite peanut gallery moments because there's a guy who's like, cause apparently the movie they're going to see, has like sword fighting. He's like, Hey, get to the sword fighting. And then the guy starts <laughs> yeah. talking about like the Chinese dragon in the, in the festival. He's like, well, so that's much what I think when I'm watching this show. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Oh, that, that's kind of cool though. 
all right, yeah, I'm kind of into this. And his dialogue just keeps going in the background. Oh, that's, was, yeah, that's great. It's like, yeah, maybe I should check this. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna take the family to this. This is all right. Yeah, I think this is kind of <laughs> cool. It's just like it goes on for like a solid thirty seconds. Love it. Yes, so um, good. But yeah, they go to this festival, uh, and they just have a grand old time playing in the water hanging out with this stuff the chinese dragon that gets marched around in like a parade on this dock that they have built specifically for this and then the rest of the crew manages to charter their own boat after first taking a boat that they're going to improve on the uh running gag of corin being their lead engineer but also terrible at inventions because everything right. she makes blows up yep. uh it's like i've i've worked on the boiler of this thing we can put this thing into super fast mode and they all like take five steps back away from the boat because they know that it's going to explode the second they turn that thing on so they get like a little motorboat and they drive it over and they find them and they're like oh they're having so much fun it's like you know the moral of this episode is basically let kids be kids which i don't know why you need this convoluted uh anime (laughs) based off of a video game to tell you that lesson but okay here we are and so they all jump in the water and they're all having fun and that's the episode yeah so it it is it's what you said i don't know why we needed this it it's it's a little character relationship stuff it's important uh it does feel like if you're doing this ova though like come on keep it snappy right (laughs) like let's get some good stuff like that first episode um let's maybe get that's just dandy the, let's get dandy uh but maybe it is just me being like a dumb american who's like i want action i want the sword <laughs> fighting get to the sword <laughs> fighting uh but we're two episodes in dylan and we haven't seen one of our kubo mechs nope. that are what made this series famous that's true <laughs> i guess the i guess the plays made it famous but um we haven't gotten one of those yet well we haven't gotten a mech can i interest you possibly in a ghost all right i'm listening yeah okay what if it was a ghost all right you you're with me so far a ghost uh-huh. of a woman a woman that used to be a silent film actress right right you got that uh-huh. all right uh-huh. she's a silent film actress and when they invented talkies you know you know movies that that have that have audio to them they invented talkies they found out that her voice was so terrible so fucking terrible <laughs> despite the fact that she was gorgeous her voice was so atrocious that they're like, we can't cast you any more movies. And then... No, this is not going to work. What do you do at that point? What do you do at that point? Well, I think there's only <laughs> one thing you can do. Yeah? <laughs> Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be an yeah, influencer. That's, that's true. That's what I would do. Yeah, but, if but, I were her. But if Instagram doesn't exist, then the answer is kill yourself, right? So, oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> so that's the setup of this third episode yeah. is that there's yes. this woman who is a famous actress and she couldn't get any work after they listened to her voice and was recorded and so she kills herself it's wild this is the astounding kinema incident uh sold the k uh the cinema kinema uh mortal and- kinema <laughs> yeah um yes well so yeah exactly as you said there is a a, a literal ghost which adds more to the question of whether the stage ghosts in the other right. theater are or are not ghosts. Uh, what we do know is that <laughs> they, they do pop up one time in this new OVA, at mm-hmm. least one time, uh, where they just kind of fade in and take care of some stuff. And uh, so they're still around, which I loved seeing again. 
but no, this is this is down at some movie studio. Uh, they they're making, I guess, a uh, what do they call the movie? Uh, I don't know what the name of the movie is, but it features Red Lad, the famous yeah. character Red Lad, famous is, character that we all know. <laughs> yeah, that we all know and love. He's kind of like uh, the Green Hornet, I guess. It's just like yeah. a a serial or or the spirit or something like that. Dick Tracy, take your pick. Just a serial action star uh, or hero, masked vigilante, and uh, Corin is apparently has been cast as red lad in a movie and so they're like filming all these scenes and so like they were doing ones like they were doing ones on location on the imperial theater so the episode starts with them like fighting on like one of the roofs of the imperial theater and you're like what's this about and then Mm -hmm. it like pans out and there's like a whole crowd and like a a film film crew um but then they go to this back lot to film the rest of it, and that's when they learn about the, you know, the the legend of this ghost. Some say this ghost haunts this very movie lot to this day. To this day. If you listen closely, or if you try to film anything, you'll get tiny little inconveniences, like your film will become double exposed, or uh, I can't remember. The, the, everyone is trying to do their own little side thing. Yeah, Sakura's in some kind of, like, meditative japanese samurai thing and uh there's a like what looks to be a kind of very street crime like drama thing where you know there's like a shootout with maria which i just think is so funny that like she's good with guns let's cast her as the character who's good with guns in this movie but do they know that she's a former russian revolutionary who was also good with guns like do they know that before they cast her? <laughs> there, there was, uh, what, there was how a, much do they know? There was a casting director at that after party in the first episode and was yes. like, hey, this lady ain't great with guns because she tried to do this parlor trick. But she but does it, straight up carry one at all times. Yeah. So I, that's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do wonder, like, what? where is that line? Or is it back to what we said earlier? Everyone knows that they're all superheroes. But nobody says anything because they don't want to ruin <laughs> the situation. Yeah, it's all about being too polite. They, um, so yeah, so they're so the main film they're filming is Red Lad, and yeah, everyone else is just picking up uh, extra little bit parts. Yeah, and so the ghost actually, the ghost is real, Nick. It wasn't just a myth. Oh my God, what? Yeah, and so the ghost <laughs> appears to. Uh, who what's his name again uh ichiro ichiro yes and possesses him just and, dives right into him basically yeah, yeah. there's some good creepy like ring-esque style shots when they're telling the ghost story and i thought iris was like seeing stuff because she's so psychically powerful just so much psycho power but she's like looking at sumire and sumire is like mocking the ghost and each time she mocks her it flashes up this big bulbous like red irised eye mm-hmm. uh and i was like oh shit is like so i mean obviously the ghost is getting pissed off is is the psychic girl going to be the vessel i mean they're all psychic girls but is specifically iris going to be the vessel uh, or is sumire going to be the vessel which thing is happening because it kept showing yeah. iris's um a pov on this uh, but no, instead, they like finish talking about it and the ghost manifests and flies out in front of Ichiro 
and like dive bombs him and possesses him. Yes. <laughs> uh, the person Which... that the ghost possesses is neither psychic nor a girl. <laughs> he, he's got to be a little bit psychic, right? Because he does drive. Oh, that's true. A mech at the end of the last one. That's true. Um, last yeah, movie. I don't know. So uh, possessed Ichiro goes onto the sets of uh, the Red Serpent or whatever it is. Well, no, it's the Red Lad, but like the villainess played yeah. by Sumire is the Red Serpent. So, uh, and then also Yana has a big role, or Kana, Ka, uh, also Kana has a big role in this, um, and she plays like a detective that's like hunting down the Red Serpent. And one of the final scenes is that they have like a, a shootout, or not even a shootout, they have a draw. Like they straight up like go back to back and then walk five paces and then turn around mm-hmm. they're gonna shoot one another, and the prop master walks up to Kana and is like, "Here you go. It's like here's your gun. It's got a blank in yeah. it. Like just be careful because still gunpowder. Have you ever seen the crow? It's really bad. It's a terrible yeah. accident Did happened. You hear about Alec Baldwin? Yeah, yeah, just he's real torn up about it. Um, and so he gives her the gun and then Ichiro shows up, possess Ichiro. And Kana is like, well, it's pretty funny because he appears like across the giant set and Kana's like, huh? Mm-hmm. And then like glances over and like he's gone. He's like, huh, that's weird. I thought I saw the captain. And then he just appears behind her. He's like, hey, Kana, hey, <laughs> tell what you do behind you. Yeah. And then does this weird sleight of hand as he's talking to her where he just magically swaps out the bullet. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the shot is just the hand running over the revolver. In like, I mean, you're a ghost. Why not? I, have magic? I guess. I guess you can just phase in and out of the chamber and swap the bullets. But <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. He. So the ghost has it out for Sumire because Sumire was mocking the existence of the ghost, and so she wants her dead, and so gives Kana a live bullet, and they're gonna kill. Uh, she's gonna accidentally kill. Uh, Sumire. Yep. But I, what I don't remember is how they figure this out before she shoots it somebody is like oh she swapped the bullet we have to stop her so what happens is then possessed ichiro just kind of walks out of the set from the back and it is uh iris renny and the other new character uh uh orihime um and they they're all just like walking around the studio a lot like la 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 oh look it's ichiro <laughs> like let's say hi wait that's what's up with ichiro and ichiro just kind of like almost exorcist style just kind of like turns and then like looks at them and then just like starts glowing with this ghostly aura and they're like oh shit what's that oh god the ghost is Uh-oh. real um <laughs> and then the ghost just like kind of like levitates and flies towards them and then can summon a force field to like lock them in place and is like, I can't let you interfere. And they're like, what do you mean? And then the ghost, for some reason, reveals that it has the Tells blank them. bullet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, shut up if yeah. you want your plan to work. Oh, yeah. you caught me monologuing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All and right. Then, Thank you for catching me up on that. Yes. And so the scene starts playing, and Kana and Sumire start walking away from each other, and they're going to turn around and fire off the bullets. And then somehow Rennie can pierce the force field. Uh, yeah, I mean, they all have psychic powers, so I guess yeah. that's just, yeah, my but, power is stronger in this moment for yeah. the plot. But I guess the ghost kind of kind of distracted. What I also really like is that Ichiro doesn't really talk to them at first. Ichiro just, like, kind of comes over and just goes, <laughs> just, like, guttural ghostly sounds. It was, like, it was good timing on that. Really appreciated that. Um, 
So yeah, like yeah, Rennie pierces the veil, kind of like cracks it open and turns to Iris is like, Iris, do it now, which they have conveyed no plan. So I don't know what <laughs> Iris again. is going to do. But Iris, you know, has her power of teleportation and teleports and uh, pushes Kana's arm so that her the gun like points up and shoots a hole in the roof and uh sumire doesn't notice any of this so she's still in character and she's just in the other side of the room just going oh oh <laughs> well she yeah she never breaks character no matter what right yes that's, so, that's even if she had been right shot she probably would have been <laughs> like well we've got to get the shot yeah yeah, yeah. make yeah. sure we've got the scene yeah get it in the can yeah, yeah. You don't, I mean, I'm not going to get shot a second time for <laughs> yeah, this. So. Please. <laughs> uh, that's true method acting right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they uh, they managed. They, they th- yeah, they thwart the assassination and then they kind of just like talk the ghost down, right? Like yeah. it, you know, it, it does some ghosty things, but they mostly are just like, hey, stop being bad. <laughs> well, what is it exorcism if not? If not saying, hey, stop being bad to a <laughs> talking, ghost. Talking to the ghost. Yeah, that's true. Um, it eventually flees from, or not not flees, that sounds like it runs away. It it releases Ichiro's body and kind of floats out and is a, a beautiful, you know, woman who doesn't look like she's got crazy giant bulging eyes and um, tiny red irises and things like that. Uh, and they're like, oh, you're so pretty. You, you could have done things. <laughs> like, you didn't have to die. Yeah. Maybe don't do that anymore. Yeah. It's uh also we're sending this to Ghost Hunters. We got it all on tape. Right. I love the way when the ghost first releases Ichiro's body, he like slumps over onto the ground because she's like at the top of this like grand staircase and then he like hits the top stair and then just yeah. kind of slides a little bit and then just goes yeah. dun, 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 a couple steps yes. down. <laughs> yes. Very good. <laughs> Just completely ragdolled. Um, but yeah, so Subaru also kind of like has a heart to heart with the ghosts because they're both actresses. And mm-hmm. yeah, so she is able to leave this earthly plane in peace. Yeah. Which does lead us to our, our best line of this episode, which is after it's all over and they're like <laughs> kind of chatting about it. Uh, Ichiro is like, you know, this whole thing's been like one big crazy dream, but I suppose that's what movie studios are for. Studios are factories that bring our dreams to life. And then somebody like agrees and is like, ah, a factory for dreams. That yeah. sounds so wonderful. <laughs> I think the person that agrees is Sumire, who is it? Yeah. they solidify in this is that she is the daughter of the giant industrialist that like builds all the war uh, machines that, and yes. mechs so she's probably the most on board with that messaging it's like yeah factories yeah i understand that and acting yeah 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 she basically grew up in a robot factory we saw in yeah. the last one so that makes perfect sense she's basically half robot factory she's half robot factory she's definitely half factory that, <laughs> yeah. that much we can agree on and then the so he says that, and that fucking blew my mind. And then, like the basically the final shot of the episode is him. They're all like leaving the studio a lot, and he turns around in this kind of like this hands on his hip scene, like fucking like the football coach kind of looking out on the field of dreams. But he's just looking at the studio a lot, and then he just says again, he's like, "Yeah, factory of dreams, 
Like he's so <laughs> proud of that. He's like, I did it. <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> I really nailed it with that one. Yeah, yeah. What is more romantic than fucking factories? But I, I do kind of love that. Like, it is the theme of this show is this industrial era and like the 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 rise of technology and things like that are so crucial to this. And technology is like so glorified throughout this, uh, both the film studio, but also like their mechs and their transportation, which I'm still so annoyed in all six of these. Do we ever get to ride rolling thunder or whatever it is? Rumbling thunder. Uh, we get to ride flying whale. Yeah, a couple times uh, in once, the old yeah. one and this one. Yeah. Um, but no. I don't think Rumbling Thunder, <laughs> even though they like set it up in the first OVA, yeah. in the first part of the first OVA, it has never paid off. They've, they've it's decommissioned just a game thing. Rumbling Thunder. It has been underutilized, <laughs> so the, right. the budget has been reduced to no longer it, include Rumbling Thunder. They even at some point do take a train ride, but not on Rumbling Thunder. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's um, like their war train, which is wild. Yeah. A wild idea, right? Because like it yeah, is very much. But they a, were real. Yeah. Really? Like Civil yeah, War I mean, stuff? Well, trains were, trains were hugely used in war, right? To sure. just transport. Yeah. But, like, but I mean like, a, 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 like a train that is like a tank, like a, like a right, weaponized like a train. train. I, yes. I would bet some places used it, right? But like, I don't know where. Like an ironclad battleship, but that has wheels and can only go in one direction. In a direction. single line. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I think it'd be great if you had like train stations in cities and you need to defend that city and you just slide over the massive, you know, artillery there. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess they know, did so do that in like World Wars. They did have yeah. artillery that was on train lines. Yeah. Um, this has been your history minute with right. your friends in track mode. Uh, so I, I do think though that yeah, like even the Factory of Dreams just fits the themes of this sure. this show very well. Also, the name of my new uh, industrial punk shoegaze band factory <laughs> dreams I, I almost think dream factory is already a very yeah. popular band name that i just can't like can't think of any songs they've done or anything right. but i think they exist it's <laughs> up there with party cannon um <laughs> uh I, I will say before we finish this episode uh the dandy gang does show up as a brief cameo where okay. when all of the flower division first show up to the studio a lot they have like a signature like session and in the line to receive signatures are all three members of the dandy gang looking very gotcha. excited to get signatures right. from iris and rennie who are the only two I, people doing signatures yeah i do remember the signatures i didn't catch that they were there yeah it's very brief they don't show up in any of the others though right i don't believe so right so it's still just these first three and at like a diminishing return on the third one that's yep. weird yep ah well Ah, well, they feels were, like they should have been like a connective tissue through all yes. of them. Sometimes uh, the lights that shine the brightest shine the shortest. <laughs> that's, that's a great point. Um, okay. Next episode. May you be eternal, Red Lad. I like Red Lad. I, I think Red Lad's that's a, so good. Got a Team Rocket R. Yes. <laughs> I could not a, not see him as a Team Rocket member. Yeah uh it's a good hero name it's a good i mean like i've not watched a lot of japanese live action you know superhero stuff but i've seen plenty of clips and it definitely looks like a very believable early yeah yes. early tv you know like the kind of like uh pre-power rangers thing he'd sure. ride a motorcycle and like you know <laughs> there'd be lots of shots of that of him going into battle 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm riding into battle, and I need only yeah. your strongest lads. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My motorcycles are too powerful for you, red lad. Um, You're a scandal. Yeah. <laughs> God, that... If people don't know what we're referencing, because it's possible, I guess it's like a small piece of internet ephemera, but just this potion seller video that yeah, is just more Google than a decade that. old now. Yeah. Um, and it, what's funny is the guy who did it did a ten year like anniversary version of it. He went back and redid it, um, and it, it's not as good. Like it's it's definitely like the first one is the best one. Yeah. Um, because he's <laughs> he's literally crying as he does it. He's cracking himself up so much. Yeah, it's yeah. You just should watch that. That's it's a fun very time. Pure, very pure. Yes, absolutely. Um, but Red Lad is a comic book character in this fiction of this universe, and obviously a movie character and other things too. Yes, multimedia and franchise. Multi. The, yes, the, much the, like Sakura Wars itself. <laughs> yeah, the Red Lad the cinematic Red Lad. universe. Universe very yes. very powerful um and uh quran who played red lad in the movie is asked to come and model for i think his name is poppy um, no that's the the uh Uri, Urihime calls him that because it is literally her father oh okay I, I thought it was like another like poppy, <laughs> like, <laughs> poppy. poppy. yeah it's just poppy. a very common name in japan that's why we see yeah, it so much well, on the show i honestly don't know um uh so okay so her father is who then do we remember his name at all i don't remember his name but he is just a a famous artist renowned artist yes who we know paints realism because they're going to like an exhibit of his and they're like oh what's this painting or it's like oh this painting's really good it almost looks like a photograph and remy just turns on his fucking like art history knowledge wikipedia page it's like this is a uh, this is a style in the realism style. Realism style stands opposite from the impressionist style, which is more interested <laughs> in the rom- romantic aspects of art. Which is this is more interested in capturing like, and and they're all just like, oh, you scoundrel! Like this oh, fucking thanks. supercomputer yeah. they just drag around with them. Yeah, uh, very bizarre, like unnecessary scene to explain the concept of realistic art. Like yeah. I feel like once you know it looks like a photograph, you've got all the information you need already um but yeah they're all they're all in love with the painting they're all like oh, it looks so real i feel like i could step into it and that kind of thing um which is not a cool plot setup for like a painting <laughs> that they can actually step yeah. into <laughs> it would not be out of place for this fucking <laughs> right play. this is with psychic ladies and ghosts yeah um but no they just want uh Karan to wear the costume and pose um but little do they know so who's here Karan and and urihime Arihim, isn't there one? Oh no, I guess that is it. Yeah, okay. They're, they're the initials too of this episode. Yeah, they're, like, they're right. basically the 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 thrust, the focus point, the focal point of this episode. Right. Plus the artist and what the designer of the Red Lad character is he? Yes, and then someone the they call Chief, which I assumed was like the police chief of okay. this area. But yeah, uh, they go to like a whole different district, right? It's like this these, yeah. these townhomes that live in like this uh like a uh, gated community almost but everything's made of wood i i don't think it's a gated community i think it's probably a lower class community almost sure but it is walled off like there is a wall surrounding yeah. the entire district it's like a walled village right like yeah uh, yeah um but like they've got like yeah all these very simple buildings wooden buildings 
and there are some kids who are reading a Red Lad comic and very excited about Red Lad in general. Um, when somebody comes and steps on their comic, oh no, it's not a comic. I'm sorry. They're drawing. They're drawing, the they're drawing on the dirt. That's right. Um, I watched this over three days, so it's all a blur. <laughs> yeah, you'd be uh, forgiven. It's three. It was five distinct stories over three days. And let me um, say, like, this is probably like. We haven't gotten to the trough of this show, I think. Like this, like this is this is the last episode where you go, all right. There's there could be something here, and then yes. after this, it's just kind of like, Ugh, okay, yes, absolutely. Um, so trying to trying to 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 get through this quickly, I guess there's kind of like a gang of you know peasanty looking uh, folks who are just going and causing trouble in this village. And my biggest problem with this episode is two literal superheroes are in this town. One of them dressed like a different superhero. <laughs> yeah. They find out that this gang is causing trouble and they don't go, we can go solve this. They say, oh, no, if we go solve this, people will know that we're actually the Imperial Theater drama people. And also we are the mech driving super ninja squad flower battalion. Like why is this a problem yeah this is not a problem either they think yes you happen to be some kick-ass theater people or they think you are the battalion people you've been using that cover this whole time or you're wearing a different costume and they just assume you're someone else entirely i don't get the problem it's very Uh, weird because they basically because the kids in trying to report because because it's this episode is very like fucking like almost like 80s like uh uh like john hughes style it's like the the you know the fucking land developer is going to knock down the community center and yeah. we as a yeah. community have to band together it's like it's like that because like these thugs are like hired thugs for this guy and yes. he bought the deed to the place and they're gonna he's they're just trying, trying to, push to run everyone everybody out, out yeah so that he can knock it down so yeah. the kids are like we need to get help and they go into the artist's house because the chief hangs out there and they stumble upon corin who is wearing the red lad costume They're like oh, red lads here red lad could save the day and yeah. corin's solution is yeah to run away from the problem because they don't right. i don't like it doesn't make any sense like it, it's so because because the answer is so obvious there because like you know you've seen this trope or the style of thing it's like okay they're going to pretend to be red lad to yeah like inspire the kids and also like see their you know childhood heroes like come to life and instead they're like they run away and go i don't want to fuck up in front of the kids because then they're not gonna believe in santa claus anymore right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is such a wild concept to me yes because like yeah you are this fucking you are this like brilliant engine well brilliant we haven't really seen any particular brilliance from her but you are this supposedly brilliant engineer we get one tiny bit of it in this episode yes when she dismantles a like prized uh old radio a gramophone um, yeah gramophone yeah and it it doesn't work anymore and she dismantles it and rebuilds it into a tiny flying bird that can deliver a message manually, like literally flap towards a target. So she has built in some kind of like tracking system, right? GPS doesn't exist. She's built in some kind of system to know exactly where this bird is going to go and sends a message to the other girls back at the Imperial playhouse. Um, 
but also proves herself to be inept because just the housing of this prized gramophone that the other girl is like, please don't ruin it if you're going to mess with it. That housing just explodes on its own. Yeah. And I know it's just for the joke and it doesn't need to make sense, but like, what was in it that exploded? <laughs> How did she get an explosion out of it? Um, but yeah, uh, the bird flaps its way to the, the other Imperial uh, flower girls and uh, I, I don't understand. So they are, okay. How does crime work in Japan? <laughs> Specifically in 1920s to 1940s Japan, because if you are on land that has been purchased and you're being physically routed off by hooligans who have been hired by the landowner, is he entitled to do that? Or does he have to give you time to evict? What What is the rule there? So but there- also... I don't think violence of that level is probably acceptable, even at that time. Maybe it is. Yeah, uh, you can't march your giant steam-powered mech onto the property <laughs> yeah. you just bought and just start smashing there's shit. There's no laws saying dogs can't play basketball, and there's no laws <laughs> saying you can't march a giant steam-powered mech through a neighborhood. Oh, shit. The airbud clause. Everyone yeah. forgets. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's what his plan is, is. He's going to send the thugs first, and then he's going to bring in a literal steam mech like get away from her you bitch you know big giant (laughs) aliens heavy loader um and and smash up buildings uh but so when this information all makes it to the other girls their thought isn't well we'll just bring our fucking mechs and smash them all up and save the day they think no we can't do that because the same reasons you said will either like ruin the children's expectations of reality yeah uh or uh, I wonder if maybe it's like, well, this is a lawful action and the Imperial Assault Squad can't get involved. Sure. Well, here's the thing. They do get involved, but also they don't know that there is trouble brewing. Yeah, when, that's the weirdest part. When they head over, like, because despite the fact that Corrin has been like run around, I think at this point she is only concerned about the kids like i don't think she has had a run-in with the thugs yet she is like these kids won't fucking leave me alone they think i'm red lad please come pick me up please get me out of the fucking mall i'm still in the santa costume i'm still stuck in the mall please come pick me up i don't want to be accosted by children anymore that's straight up what they say they're like okay she does she she does not want to break these kids hearts she's being chased by them before they arrive that's when all the other stuff happens and maybe that's what crossed my wires yeah i don't because know i they mean definitely it all kind of happens at the, the same thugs. time yeah before the other girls get there what what a strange thing okay it's 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 there is such an obvious setup for this entire episode maybe that's it that's like my brain was just like well i know where this is going yeah and so and it's not like it would be satisfying because we've seen it a million times but the it could be fun sure but 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 if they if they don't want to go the obvious route all they do is just make everything confounding yeah instead that's a problem for instead, sure instead of like upending expectations and it's just yeah yeah but they like take a hot air balloon over not the flying whale just a regular fucking hot air balloon right because they, the, they yeah the remax balloon they fly over top this ha- development and they're like checking out their their property investments and yeah. 
they're like, oh shit, they're in trouble. Or like, oh God, there's like this gang. It's like, oh, it looks like, because they're like, oh, it looks like we have two problems to deal with. First being yeah. those shitty little kids. Right. But the kids also being priority number one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they all decide, what, so they had to pre-plan this, right? Because then they all jump down in costumes. Yeah. They knew they were coming in the costumes from the get-go, which makes right. sense with what you're telling me. So they, they knew just for the kids, they wanted to do the costume. To do what though? To like have Red Red Lad fight them and win, or to kidnap Red Lad? What was their plan? Who fucking knows? It's so much. So they all jump down these different costumes from like this in-universe comic series and other like yeah, fucking radio Maria's plays got or whatever. Like a half skull face and yeah. um uh there's there's another. Samiria is a given the worst role, which is so funny. She's just like minion number one, and she's yeah. just got like an all black jumpsuit and a skull mask on. And she goes, and it, Yeah. Uh, Iris is the like something old hag, and she's like teleporting around with her psychic powers. But, yes. You know, it's dressed in robes and looks like an old lady. This is called like the swamp hag or something. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, it's it's a fun you know yeah. like everyone like, gets to be a different little character thing and use their powers um yeah. i was just so confounded up until this point I like <laughs> confounded is absolutely right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they end up fighting off all of the 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 thug guys um individually and like uh um orihime mm-hmm. um throws i don't even remember them like doing a setup for it but there's like a red vinyl record and she like throws that and calls herself like the the red wind of the mediterranean (laughs) and cuts off somebody's hair with it um they have a good little you know silly fight chase off these thugs uh but that's when the mech shows up smashing through buildings um Oh, I, we did forget the the bear, <laughs> like the bear killer or whatever. I can't remember what the. Oh yeah, Kana's the, character. The, the, yeah, she's wearing like a bear skin and like just super strong lady, you yeah. know, in bear skin, barbarian bear killer or something. I can't remember what she called herself. Um, Mech shows up, and I guess Karan is just stupid enough to <laughs> to forget that this is a play that they're all acting like these characters because she chases after the mech and raises up a toy prop gun <laughs> and tries to shoot the guy. Yeah. Where's my ghost that replaces my blank with the live bullet? <laughs> yeah. But the thing about this is like seconds later when she realizes that, Oh shoot, this was a prop and I made a mistake and has to run. Then they're like, well, what do we do? And Maria says, well, I've got a gun, but I can't shoot someone in front of the children. (laughs) Think about the children. Yeah. So what a wild, like straight up Maria would ace a dude with this gun in the right circumstances is what Uh we're getting out of that. Yeah. And also Quran also would straight up ace a dude and didn't care about kids seeing it she would just shoot a guy in the head if she could right in front of some children yep uh wild implications for our heroes but they end up coming up with the plan uh sumire being just too cool for everybody uh 
says, well, here's an idea. You don't have to shoot a human being, you assholes. <laughs> shoot the vents on the mech and it won't work. I know because the industry, the heavy, heavy what industries? I can't remember. It's something heavy industries. I think it's her last uh, name. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Kanzaki heavy in- industries. Yeah. They made this mech. I know exactly how it works. I know everything about mechs, which is a fun, it's a really fun, like character trait to have being like this prissy actress girl, but also a deep, deep industrial mechanics knowledge. Yeah. Um, so also yeah. calls in the questions like, Oh, right. Your father makes war, like war weapons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and he, and he, apparently <laughs> will sell them to the highest bidder. Cause yeah. this dude has one. Like he's not just making it for the Imperial Japanese empire who, you know, ostensibly are good guys in the context of the show. Uh, he's making it for anyone who's got the dodge for it. Um, but so she, she goes, all right. And then we have this cool like lineup thing where Maria becomes like a you know half transparency image over top of uh, Red Lad slash Quran, um, and their guns line up in that transparency, and Red Lad fires, but really it's Maria firing, and she shoots the vents, and ta-da, the day is saved. Yep, that mech don't work no more. One right through <laughs> the engine block. Yeah. Uh, cool stuff. I, I I thought like this was this was like a second best episode of the six. Um, it just doesn't. I don't understand how they got <laughs> into the situation they did. Yeah, like it doesn't feel earned. But some of the p- the playoff of it was fun. I guess like you know the the doing the characters and doing the shot while someone else pretends to take the shot. Like bits of it I enjoyed, even though the the whole of it doesn't make a lot of sense on its own. Mm-hmm. And then are we at, is it, that was episode four. So we're yeah. at episode five. Now the two parter, man, I'm just so tempted to just like summarize this thing in like three yeah, minutes, just clap the dust off your hands after those three minutes and be done. Yeah. it Go for it because it is, it is really, it's the longest story broken over, you know, like 50 minutes mm-hmm. and it, it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. We get, we get, reintroduced to some of sakura's family or, or all of her family right because it's like her grandmother mm-hmm. mother and the we see them all jan- janitorial even the ghost <laughs> of her dad shows <laughs> up by the end yeah which i don't think we got that in the previous one um yeah we did oh we she did? releases him from the rock remember oh i might have blanked out so in the first one it's when she's learning to use the sword right she avoids killing the army guy yeah and the, cleaves the rock cleaves the rock and then the ghost of her dad like appears out of the broken rock oh i didn't and now I he's remember back. that part he's back in this <laughs> now i'm back to destroy the world <laughs> yeah we know we did we entrapped your father in that rock so he yeah. wouldn't cause havoc we, we do get a good flashback to her dad in this though which was kind of cool yeah like, kind of cool very very kind of it's finally some demon fighting in this fucking yeah. series that's about ostensibly demon fighting <laughs> yeah right okay so the episode is about a uh, sakura is on the hush hush talking to the general about how uh she there's a wedding that she is uh taking a part of and mm-hmm. he is like oh congratulations congratulations on the wedding all this stuff and that is heard out of context by sumere uh, it's like, oh my God, Sakura is getting married, and that like sweeps through the 
you know, flower division, like wildfire and everyone's just gossiping to one another. Like, can you believe Sakura's getting married? Can you believe this? Oh my God, I'm so excited, et cetera, et cetera. It goes so far as to Corin building a giant like hyperbaric chamber to secretly discuss Sakura's yeah. matrimony. But of course, because she is a terrible inventor, it does the exact opposite and broadcasts yeah. this announcement across the city. Uh, Shattering then, windows, yes, <laughs> and then it ex- and then it explodes uh, in in true form, and so Sakura and the general leave to go on a trip, and they leave kind of secretly because they don't want to make a big deal about it. Um, via train, via train, not Rolling Thunder, just not, a regular, yeah. just a boring ass train, just a boring ass passenger train, just getting getting on Amtrak, and uh, they go to this wedding, and the wedding turns out to be the wedding of. I have no idea because they never fucking clarify it. Yes. I had so much trouble with this. So here's what I think it is. It is no one's actual wedding. It is a symbolic wedding tying these families together, but no one is actually married to anyone. It is just a, a act of symbolism. Or if I am wrong, they just don't explain who's actually they, getting married. They don't give a shit who the actual yeah. bride and groom are. I what I do know that they say some things that that pretty directly make me think it is a symbolic wedding though. I think they say something like this represents this or this is, you okay. know, uh like and they they a number of times they say someday it will be your real wedding. Um so I I fully got the sense that it was not ever a real wedding and that was just a misunderstanding but they want you to be in the mystery of it the whole time so they will never say like it's at the end of the first episode they're walking down the road and the general says to her or i say general i can't remember commander i think he is he says to sakura you know i'm i'm not your father i'm honored that you asked me to come along to kind of play the role of your father in this since he's gone someday you'll have your real wedding and I want you to be happy. So that's like the first like big drop where it's like, okay, it's definitely not her wedding. But then in the next episode, she's participating in the ritual and they do this like binding thing with these two families. And then they're like, now you are part of her family or his family forever. Um, which seems like a wedding. And then yeah. immediately after the mom is like, well, that was just, you know, a, a ritual, but someday it'll be your real wedding. <laughs> like, I don't know what they want us to get out of this. But there is absolutely a bride and a groom that they are talking to and participate in that binding ritual. Okay, but they why is Sakura even like important in it then? Because I think she is like the kind of not the ring bearer, but she is like one of the performers because they use her sword, you know, her family's ancestral blade to perform the ritual. And why does the commander need to be there? Because he is proxy her father. Because it is it is Sakura's family that is one half of one of the families being merged. I th- but I think there is a bride and a groom. It's just some family member of Sakura's that they don't clarify. I assumed it was a sister because they like looked very similar, had same color hair. But they never mention her having a sister. Right. No. I th- yes. It's 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 bonkers. But this is also the same people that wrote a story an episode about how we need to run away from children because we don't want to break their hearts um and also this is a mess it was so hard to understand i didn't get what was going on here 
I feel dumb <laughs> having it's, watched it well, and yeah. not understanding it. Yeah, well, that's but the thing. The whole, that's, that's the thing about okay. bad writing, right? Is that because it doesn't make sense, if it if it doesn't play out logically, it 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 makes you doubt yourself. It makes you go, oh, yeah. did I misunderstand something? Am I in the that's wrong? That's where I was at. Yeah. yeah. No, you're fine. You're all all brain cells accounted for. This was just poorly written. It's so confusing. The whole story, I, I mean, part of it is the ritual and this like father-daughter relationship. In fact, this one is called... Uh, the fifth one is called Father and Daughter, and the sixth one is called A New Era for Women, which is very interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Finally. <laughs> they've, uh, they've earned the right to vote. Hold on. I'm getting a note here. They have not gained the right to vote. Yeah, that's going to be a ways away. <laughs> um, but it, so I, I think the part of it that is a new era is like it's supposed to be like you will get to choose who you want to marry. You will get to choose the life path you take. Um, you know, and then we want you to be happy with it. It's not yeah. just going to be what your family duty is or whatever. They're trying or, to give Sakura that freedom. Yeah. Or maybe it's a new era in the sense that like, maybe this somehow plays into the next game, right? Like Perhaps. maybe this well, the whole, next game is in Paris. So I wouldn't think so. I married Paris. <laughs> yeah. The whole city. Uh, I love her. But, uh, Meanwhile, the other characters are freaking out because they have decided that Sakura is getting married against her will. Yes. Or possibly enough against her will. Yes. They're, they're, you know. <laughs> it's an the, arranged marriage Ka- that she doesn't Kana says in. something like, I know the sun will rise on the wedding, but it's going to rise on me first. <laughs> She's going to get there and stop that wedding sure. from happening. She's going to punch the sun. Right. Uh, Which, I mean, you know, fitting. She'd do it. Um, yeah, she'd do it. Uh, so they, they end up, I do kind of love that they steal the flying whale, the big Zeppelin that the military deploys the girls with in their mechs and they race across, uh, the countryside to Sakura's hometown. Yeah. All the citizens are excited. It's back in the air. They're like, yeah, I love that. That's such a good callback of like, I bet you, I bet you there is something in the games, like a little pixelated crowd that's like throwing their arms up or something every time it goes up. Three frame animation. It's a reference to that. Yeah. Because it it is like, it's such a good callback to the first OVA when they release that thing and everyone gets excited and on their rooftops, they're doing it again in this. Um, But they're not going off to battle for Japan. They're going off to stop a wedding. Um, I've got like a gross throat thing going on now. <laughs> it's, it's getting to me. Um, they, uh, they arrive just as Sakura is having a conversation with her mom and she's like, you can be whatever you want to be. And she says, I know what I want to be and looks up at her friends arriving in their blimp who <laughs> have nothing to do. They, there is no, uh, there is no wedding to stop. Yeah. If there was, they missed it. <laughs> It was yesterday and everything is fine. Um, But they have a nice big meal and laugh about the misunderstanding. And then somebody freaks out and says, oh, no, it's a terrible. The the locals know everybody has found out that the uh, the Imperial floral play girls. I can't remember the names. It's it's not (laughs) memorable is the thing Uh, that they have arrived in town. Um, probably because they saw the big blimp that those girls always ride in and also those mechs. Huh. I wonder <laughs> if there's Wait, any correlation there. That, that, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, but they, uh, knowing that these girls are there, they, they want to see them. They want to get autographs and things. And the commander says, well, if they're here, 
we had better give them a show and they do a big final climactic dance number on the rooftops of this building it's a very uh weirdly it's it's got to be steeped in like japanese stage production tradition because what i have seen of the live stage productions of sakura wars because you're a huge fan now now that i'm a huge fan uh it is it is like one-to-one it is like a lineup of girls doing like simple dance arm movements and singing a song together and the credits play over it but it's not over yet (laughs) in spite of the credits playing because we're still getting back to our wraparound story which is just i mean it really it's just uh ichiro getting on the boat i was about to say it's over for me because i closed the tab oh okay it's it's really just him getting on the boat and the girls like run up and see him off and he is on his way to uh paris which is apparently burning burning <laughs> uh <laughs> hey what are you what are you doing for your for your vacation uh ichiro you going anywhere he's like yeah i'm going to this music festival oh yeah what's it called it's called burning man Bur- burning paris <laughs> um so what we what what i liked about this one like the dumb terrible unnecessary stretched out plot aside is that in episode five we do see the father of sakura during the demon wars the commander is there with him in his squad and they are fighting uh hordes and hordes of demons some of the demons are ones we've seen in the previous ova others are these like towering hulking things they also show some of the art that they're represented in and they look more like traditional japanese yokai in the art but it's like you can kind of see like oh well that's how that weird demon looked like a yokai when somebody drew it um i thought that was fun uh but (laughs) i hate 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 this is where some of the worst voiceover is with the extra like gunky throat and it's kind of fitting that my throat is really scratchy and gunky right now (laughs) because uh the commander is in this flashback to sakura's dad fighting the demons he just starts talking, but he's not talking in the way that anyone would talk about something that they're seeing or experiencing or witnessing their friend in peril. He is talking like a radio announcer or like a wrestling announcer. And he's like, it's the Majinki. <laughs> Hidden within are the powers of gods and demons. It's controlled by the blood and soul of a man who possesses it. An ancient relic capable of enormous power. <laughs> he like has these weird extra draws on words. The vessel will devour all of the good and evil in its sphere. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I forgot Richard Nixon's uh, storied <laughs> wrestling <laughs> career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. It is. It is Richard Nixon a bit. Uh, but it's so strange. Like, I don't know why they went with the voice choice for him and this like bizarre, like it just, it reminds me of the, like the guy who is shouting in that like famous wrestling clip where they're like, Oh my God, he's dead. He's been dropped on his back and he's never going to live again. <laughs> like never going to walk again rather. Uh, like it's, it's that cadence and that excitement, but also this gruff, like kind of, kind of slimy voice uh to it i don't know like like nasally nasal slime Mm. it's weird it's a it's a weird moment and but what ends up happening is i guess the dad creates this magic symbol and binds himself to the the ancestral weapon of their family um kills all of the demons in the process but now as part of that there is this ongoing ritual to honor it by binding these families 
And like in that ritual, which we saw in the wedding, like one of the families is wearing demon masks and it's very like, what is this weird occult shit that we're just (laughs) not really getting into? Like they won't explain it. And I want to know more about that specifically. I want to know how Sakura's family is involved in this. Maybe not too on the up and up (laughs) mysticism. Yeah. Um, there's also kind of like an implication that she herself will have to sacrifice herself at some point. Yeah. I don't know. Things to think about. Things to think about. Things to think about. Um, and then, then, then Elvis (laughs) (laughs) fucking, what was, what was that about? I don't know, but I loved it. Um, (laughs) there is, there's a moment where they've got the, the flying whale back in its docking bay. And there's like this military guy in a clean white press suit and he's got a guitar, and he's like, isn't it great having the, the flying whale back? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, oh, I sure do love them uh, Imperial Floral Squad ladies. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and he's just like a straight-up Elvis-voiced guitar-playing military guy who no one understands what he's there for, except there are scenes that are flashes in time. I think they all are when ichiro is thinking backwards uh there are flashes of sakura at her actual wedding which in those flashes are all in the imperial theater um and that doesn't exist in the show we never see her actual wedding uh but in those scenes there is sakura walking with a guy whose face is like covered in shadow and his silhouette looks a lot like this guy and that could be coincidental but like my, elvis man my head, or ichiro yeah no, no, like Elvis, man. Like okay. I, my head canon is that Sakura is gonna marry Elvis, man, and that's the reason he's in this sequence. Is they're just introducing, like, oh, here's where he was during this. Oh, Sakura, but, I love you so much. There's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I ain't nothing but a hound uh-huh. dog without you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that's that's my theory. I, uh, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll have to see when we get to the next OVA. Oh God. <laughs> And then this, we have to dig up the Sumiri, uh, the final OVA where where she retires. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about that for a sec? Since we're not gonna. Yeah, we won't actually that. be able to do it. So we do have one more though. The movie. Yes, we have the movie coming up. We have a Sakura Wars movie, but then there is a final OVA. It's just a single episode that seemingly doesn't exist anywhere on the internet. We can't find it anywhere to watch. To to Nick's chagrin. Well, kind of, because I've been on a journey here. Yeah. There's also a whole TV series, and I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to play. You know, I'm not going to go that deep on this, but I would kind of like to see if it's one episode, that finale, just to see where this ends up. Like, I assume that must be some future time, right? Like, 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, when Sumeria is ready to retire, or 25 years down the road. Who knows how long? Uh, And... And like, I want to know where everybody's ended up because I've kind of been on a journey, but also I hated this. (laughs) (laughs) I hated how this made no sense. I hated how there were no mechs in this whole thing. I mean, there was, there was the, the like heavy loader mech that the weird capitalist guy had. And then there's the, the assassin mech from New York, but, uh, not a mech, I guess robot, but, um, yeah, like. Where the fuck were the mechs? Where the fuck was the energy of that first episode? <laughs> Where the mech was the fuck? Where in the mech was the fuck? I want to know. Uh, 
I, I had such high hopes from episode one and then it just got dashed away and whittled away yeah. uh, bit by bit. So I don't, I, I think I'm fine never seeing <laughs> that final OVA, but I am curious and we'll see how I feel after the movie. The movie better have some fucking mechs in it. What? what um, hmm. I mean, that's a very specialty kind of mech. I don't know if you're going to get <laughs> mech kind of sex. Mech <laughs> that's a whole different movie. I mean, if you want that DVD, I could loan it to you, but I, I did think it was interesting. We did, almost get a shower scene in this one did we <laughs> anime girl shower scene it very like I'm, oh. I'm stretching the definition here there is there is a moment in that final episode where uh sakura is kneeling in a waterfall and yes. definitely like she's wearing white and the stuff is becoming see-through but they they did it very uh tastefully uh, tastefully right you don't see anything that you you know you get like shoulders that's it right like um and, but I did worry, like, when that first came up, I was like, is she going, to, are we going to see Sakura titties in this fucking oh, no. anime just to ruin this? Again, that's, uh, a, different, that's a different movie. That's a totally yeah, different yeah, movie. Yeah. Sex mix, Sakura titty wars. God. Uh, that's our other podcast where we... We watch every porn based on yes, a video yes, game. exactly. <laughs> oh, no. Oh no, Nick! We gotta we gotta get out of here before this gets even worse. Yes, yeah, it's it's we're down a bad hole. Right yes. Now. Oh God, no! Oh, that's, <laughs> that's another that's one too of our other podcast. <laughs> oh God! All right. Well, we'll see you in the good hole next time when we watch Sakura Wars: Colon the Movie.